0: think there's some of that going on but I think it's I, I think that is a bit overblown I, I I think some schools may hold off on offering a few guys that maybe they were unsure on and kind of waiting to see where their holes are while they address the transfer portal I, I don't think that all of a sudden. Schools are just going to stop recruiting and signing high school. That's not going to happen. I mean, uh,
1: Texas State did that, what, not this past recruiting class, but the one before. They got, yeah. like, all portal guys. I have no idea if they did something uh, similar this year or not. But I-, I agree with you. Like, the the top schools out there are still going to go out and try to sign a class of 21, 22, 4, and 5 stars. That's that's still going to happen.
0: I And you can say that this happens in the NFL uh, to a certain degree, but a team full of mercenaries that are just out of the transfer portal, slapped together, maybe some of them uh, promised NIL contracts and stuff, that's no real way to develop a team and develop a, a program that, generates success and generates championships it's just it's it's not how you do it 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 could be a band-aid for someone who's trying to win some games and maybe upgrade jobs and get out of there Like right, that's a that's a way to do it but if you're trying to truly become uh one of the elite of the elite the transfer portal is going to be a piece of what you do but Most likely a small piece. 100%.
1: We were talking about on Locked In today. It was, hey, remember when we were all saying that (laughs) Brent Vittables is not going to use the transfer portal as much as Muleshoe did? Well, that's not really looking like the case right now because, I mean, they've got guys coming in this weekend, um, you know, other targets out there that they really want. I don't know. I I I tend to think, though, that they're they're going heavy portal this year out of necessity. I don't think in the future we're just going to see OU try to bring in seven, eight guys every single year.
0: Right. Yes, this year is is a bit of an anomaly, and it may not be an anomaly for the first couple of years. You have to be able to, like, I, I don't expect Oklahoma just to be able to snap its fingers and go out and land a recruiting class with five five stars in it O line, D line, corners, and edge guys. I I don't think that's just going to happen overnight. That that's that's going to come with time. But in in the meantime, between now and then, if if you can bridge the gap with good players out there, that special circumstances have kind of uh, arisen to where they're looking for a place and. They're guys you have a former relationship with and you can get them. I think you're you're going to do that right now. But I think ultimately Venables would like to do exactly what he said in his opening press conference is, you know, recruit well, develop well, and rely on upperclassmen. Um, that have been in their system for the majority of their their playing time and their their playmaking ability.
1: Sure. Uh, by the way, it is portal watch season. Makai Wingo out of Missouri, uh, All SEC freshman team, will be visiting OU January fourteenth and the fifteenth. You made a comment earlier. You you think this dude can play?
0: I I don't know how good he is, but man, he looks the part. He he looks like. Uh, an af- athletic freak just looks like one of those guys uh, is explosive as heck. Now, uh, don't know exactly what all his, um, like he wasn't all like very highly recruited. I don't believe. three star,
1: believe. I believe, coming out of what St. Louis,
0: three star. Yeah, yeah, looks like St. Louis. He was the number 675 overall prospect, but. Here's the thing. He went into the SEC playing D line and wowed some people enough to get some accolades. Uh, so he's turned some heads. He he's he's a, a violent looking football player, man.
1: OU, Arkansas, USC, LSU. I I don't see a ton of people out there just thinking that. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely coming to OU. But if you get the kid on campus for a visit, anything can happen, man, especially if we're touting this new defensive staff and, and kind of the credentials that they have and their abilities. Um, I, I don't know if most people would consider OU the leader, but you, you never know what can happen on a visit this late. So OU is definitely – I mean, obviously, they're getting a visit. They're definitely in the running for this kid. Um, Be a nice addition, too.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. So, what's your call right now? You think we we end up landing? McKay!
1: I'm going to say that the offer goes so great, Teddy, that's... No, I'll take the field and say he goes elsewhere. Okay. Just a guess. Uh, Jackson Dart looks like it's between OU and Ole Miss. We did some percentages on locked in. I think, did Parker say 70% for Jackson Dart? I said 40% for Jackson Dart just because... I think he could start at Ole Miss if he goes there next season. I don't. I, he would be in, he would be in a in a much tougher situation to start at OU though if, if that's where he picks. It's
0: got to be a tough sell for Oklahoma right now, guys. Quarterbacks right now transfer to go start somewhere to go play somewhere, and Oklahoma with Gabriel here now is not in a position to be promising someone a starting job and like whenever you come in for a visit i'm sure they sit down and say here's what we envision you doing in our system like this is this is what we think uh would work and how we would build around you and all of those things but the other side of that is you got to earn it yeah you got to come in and beat totally. our guy who who is proven is someone that we wanted and that he wanted to be here. So we can't promise you anything.
1: It, it would be probably two totally different mentalities. He's taking the Ole Miss visit. He's going to take the OU visit. I guarantee you, there's two different vibes at those two schools. Lane Kiffin is probably promising him, "Hey, you could be the starter, and here's what it would look like." Uh, you know, our team with you as the starter. And I don't, I don't think OU operates that way, especially now with Brent Venables. I mean, there there's a promise that you're gonna get every opportunity to win the job, but it is not the recruiting pitch that I'm sure Lane Kiffin will throw out. So, yeah, so what's yeah. your preference in that situation, I guess?
0: Right. And I I just I think it's gonna be hard for Oklahoma to land one of these top quarterback transfer guys after they landed Dylan Gabriel.
1: And you got a true freshman four star coming in too.
0: Right. I could could be wrong on that. But I just I think it's going to be difficult. Drew
1: Sanders uh, transfer from Alabama played a little bit this year. Uh, former OU commit for a while, got a high ceiling. Uh, there's a crystal ball on twenty four seven sports that says Texas, but. Parker seemed to feel pretty good about OU's chances with this thing. That that'd be a big time addition, though.
0: And no, it would. Uh, what do you know? What class he's from? Is he a twenty twenty or twenty nineteen kid?
1: I I don't know off the top of my head, to be yeah. quite honest with you. I, he
0: he is uh, a good looking player. Um, played a lot for Alabama this year. Uh, Texas, yeah. That I mean, I'm sure there's probably a relationship there with um, with Sarkeesian, but. I don't know. I think if you are a linebacker and you've got an opportunity to go play for Brent Venables, uh, I think you'd do it. He was a five-star from the 2020 class. Dang, 6'5", 232. Like that, huh? 6'5", t- 232,
1: might be able to run a little bit.
0: Number one linebacker mm. in the country that year. <whistles> Dang. Okay.
1: That's the guy that I want uh out of the portal right now.
0: He's a Denton, Texas kid.
1: Yeah, that's 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 the guy that I'm I'm looking at right there saying, Ooh, if they could get that one, that would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Maybe talking about your leading tackler God next Lee. year if you could get a guy like that.
0: I remember this kid now. I remember him. Um I remember he came up he came up to OU on like one of their summers or, or junior days or something. Um Yeah. Did you Talk to that? him or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a like we were looking at him as linebacker. A lot of places weren't looking at him as a linebacker. He was like an athlete coming out, right? That was kind of a, a, I don't know what you'd say offensively, like a Swiss Army knife. They used him in the backfield. They used him as like a direct snap guy. They used him as a tight end and split out. So
1: sounds like a guy that uh, OU's bringing in from the state of Kansas this year. Late edition. Yes. Kind of kind of sounds like that, doesn't it? Yeah, now, I don't I don't I don't think old tall. Yeah, I was about to say I don't think six 65, but uh it's kind of similar. What'd you say to Drew Sanders? Did you tell him to go to Alabama?
0: Yeah, I said go to Alabama and and after you can't get on the field mm-hmm. there transfer here. No, I didn't. I I don't mm-hmm. I don't really remember, but uh I do remember meeting him in big good-looking kid, so yeah, he He's got some attitude to him as well. Good. Air cover Solutions' text line says, he was
1: committed for two years. We wanted him as a tight end. Uh, Dart is visiting OU Saturday. Sanders is down to OU in Arkansas.
0: Well, I know we didn't... Like, we may have wanted him as a tight end. Like They may have had that conversation. And I think it may have been one of those things where he wanted to play tight end, but everyone knew that eventually he was going to be a linebacker. So... I think everyone was like, yeah, yeah, come in and play tight end for us, but, you know, they know they're going to. Oh, sure. Because, like, the conversation we had was all with the linebacker coach and, and everything, so.
1: I told, my neighbor, I told my neighbor it was portal watching season, and he said he threatened to call the police. <laughs>
0: That's funny.
1: If the craziness happens and Levy goes to Ole Miss, could Gabriel transfer again? I mean, maybe, but when you find, when so, you find your you? well, I don't know if you could i we would
0: release it. Sure. I but, think it would just be up to the school to, as long as they release it. I him. don't know if you would want to.
1: Like, you, you've been at UCF. Uh, you were at UCLA or at least committed there for a while. Like, again, OU is one of those spots where you kind of want to be there as a quarterback. You, you're going to have success. You're going to find success as a quarterback at OU. And, and maybe he would. Maybe he would go to Ole Miss. I, I have no idea what he would do, but it's not like he'd be leaving a terrible spot.
0: Right. I No clue. No clue. I don't know what that conversation is like right now. I don't think Dylan Gabriel is running from anything. I'm sure that his knowledge in the system, his confidence in himself, uh, his his quarterback, coach, and offensive coordinator's confidence in him probably has him feeling pretty good that he can, uh, he can win any battle that he's, he's faced with here.
1: I might have missed you guys talking about it if you had, but what are the chances on Arch Manning coming to OU? Uh, you better freshen up on your Arch Manning knowledge because, buddy, we're going to be asked about this all offseason long. An offer has been extended. Uh, he and the Levy family – have a really good relationship. I'm I'm sure OU is going to be right there in the running for in the Arch Manning Sweepstakes. Yeah. coming up in the next couple years.
0: I don't know I don't know how much of a chance OU has. But I know that they do have a chance and there's at least a um a, a good relationship there. But I think there's I think there's some other quarterbacks in that class that uh that LeBby really likes and it's not like a uh Arch Manning or nothing type of deal. I think there's some I think that's a, there's a really good uh group of of players in that class, right? At quarterback and yep. it's not just not just Arch Manning. Well, Malachi so. Nelson was one of them. Yeah, Malachi's
1: one of them. I, you know what? Um and I haven't heard anyone tell me this, but I would guess just kind of what the narrative is now on people that have actually seen Arch Manning, there's probably some people out there that would tell you that he's ranked as the number one quarterback in that class, but there's probably a handful of guys that are actually better than him. It it sounds like he's a good player, but maybe not the can't-miss quarterback prospect that some think that he's going to be. Right. Like, I, I... Probably unfair to think that he's going to be the next Peyton or Eli got a chance to be a really good player again don't get me wrong, but that's what he's hyped up to be right now, and it doesn't sound like that's that's reality with him
0: yeah i I've, I've I've only seen a limited amount from him, and what I've seen looked really really good um, I think a lot of a lot of schools right now and rightfully so are kind of enamored with the dual thread aspect of it and you know I think that he is not he is not like Peyton Manning. He's got way more athleticism to him at this point than, than kind of what you, what we remember Peyton Manning as, but he's not going to be one of your, your dual threat guys like, like a Malachi Nelson is. Uh, So yeah, I don't know. I, I think that, I think he's got a lot to him that you really can't put any, um, like you can't just necessarily rate it yet. Like, He's going to have a great head on his shoulders as far as like understanding the game and just the circus that comes with it. He's going to have a better grasp of that than a lot of other people, and like I don't think he's going to be one of those guys where I, his his kind of. I think a lot of guys that show up and have a bunch of success, like all of a sudden that gets to him. Like, sure, like, they start believing maybe that there's something they're not. I don't think you're going to have that with him at all.
1: Several posts and rumors going around on the board saying Caleb Williams wasn't exactly happy with the facilities and other things at USC. Could still be deciding. Oh, I think we're at the point now, the exact same point we were at with the OU coaching search. Nothing was coming out. Everyone was getting impatient. So the rumors and the scuttlebutt is flying right now. I would still expect Caleb Williams to end up at SC.
0: Right. Yeah, he's he's going to be at, at, at Southern Cal. But just, what do you think it was like for him whenever he announced that he was transferring or he was going into the portal, and within hours, Dylan Gra- Gabriel announced that he's going to OU?
1: I, this is probably a surprise to him. He's probably I, I like, oh, oh, dang. right? You know, I, I'm sure that there was a lot of shock, and I don't know, maybe a little panic, because it's like, dang, like, you you just have this this sense about yourself and about the situation that, oh, OU will do anything in the world to keep me. And to his credit, like that was kind of the tone from OU, like when he did right. enter into the portal, you know? So he probably thought, oh, I can take my time, OU will always be there. But when that happens and they're giving off the vibe that they're not, it's kinda it's probably a little scary.
0: Right. Well, you know, whenever you're sitting there post game at the Alamo Bowl and Venables go you you see that whole changing of the the visor there kind of happen in front of you and Venables says you know that's a glimpse into the future of of, of what we can do here Caleb Williams leading our team and I that's got to make you think that yeah I've you know I'm in the bag here at Oklahoma I just I you know I need to go and see what else is out there and then whenever it changes that quickly on you it the, the, you probably feel like you're okay, but it, it does have to at least creep in a little bit like, man, did we overplay this thing? Of course. Of course. so yeah, right, One more.
1: Uh, gents streaming your show in Fort Worth. Knew nothing about the ref until a friend during the mule shoe fiasco told me, great show. Looking forward to getting back to old school football boomer sooner. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate you listening. Appreciate you listening. Tell everyone in Fort Worth, including uh, Gary Patterson, you're just going to have to get him out of the recording studio. Tell him about the show and tell him to tune in.
0: Uh, Patterson loves the show, uh, mm-hmm. tunes in quite a bit, especially during TCU week. Uh, he's always listening to see if he can pick up any secrets from the show.
1: That wouldn't shock me, actually.
0: I still – it was hilarious. We had the, uh, uh, the voice of the TCU on, um, Estridge. And during TCU and he came on It's was like, well, at least we know who's starting a quarterback and uh, how many snaps they're getting after the OU Daily fiasco. That was pretty funny. I loved that. That's
1: a forgotten storyline of this season because so many things happened, but it was, it was one of the best moments of, of, of the year students like spying from across practice and oh god she was going to act like it was the that that's probably why he decided to leave OU I can't have people spying on practice it's going to be the downfall of our program
0: that and the uh the girl the journalist from OU daily with a couple of heated exchanges with Lincoln Riley about Spencer Rattler remember that toughest line of questioning Lincoln Riley ever got when he was at OU Was from an OU Daily journalist. It was great. It's pretty good. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on.
1: We are the homeless suitor fans. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Seems like everyone on the staff has been named a uh, co-defensive coordinator. I don't know if you saw the outline of that. Uh, your OC and quarterbacks coach, the, the staff is set, by the way. Jeff Levy is your OC slash quarterbacks coach. Ted Roof is your defensive coordinator and backers coach. Uh, Kale Gundy is your wide receivers coach. Bill Bedenboe is your offensive line coach. DeMarco Murray's your running backs coach. Joe John Family at tight ends. Uh, B Hall safeties. Chavis at DN's. Co DC slash corners coach is Jay Valai. Co DC slash D line
0: coach is Todd Bates. So there you go. You got a DC and two code DCs. I like it. Um, now that it's set and it has been deemed official, what are your, what are your thoughts on the overall staff? We... It's
1: a great mixture to me of experience mm-hmm. and a lot of young guys that I think have high ceilings in this business and a really good collection of recruiters. You've got guys that are good recruiters because of kind of what their status is in the sport, DeMarco Murray, um, Brent Venables, the head coach, and you've got other other recruiters uh, good recruiters because they're young you know i it's just a good mix of kind of everything it's not an old staff it's not necessarily a young staff it's a good mixture of both right well me likes that
0: i agree but i'm not a- that's not what i'm asking you no one cares about any of that they just want to know
1: you asked an open ended question what do you want to know then
0: i want to know and the people want to know is the staff Better. Yes, I've been telling you that for three months now. Or worse.
1: Or two months, if you'd listen, of course. So we have a better staff. Yes, it's not close. Top to bottom? Yes. Okay. Top to bottom, especially at strength and conditioning coordinator. Right. We'll be counting calories as much anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yes, I think the staff is excellent. And the only thing. And I'm not even I'm not even questioning it, but there are some pieces that I just don't know. Ted Roof, I know the I know the history. I know what his his bio says of where all he's coached, but I just don't know. That's one I have to take um I, I have to let Venables track record and and how much respect I have for him. He's the biggest unknown on the staff. I mean, yes. I, thats I think that's fair to say. He is, but he's also been hired at the position that I think Brent Venables would have scrutinized the most. Right? Coaching backers like he always has, being the, the defensive coordinator, putting in his system. Like that. That, to him, is one of the, the jobs that you have to feel like is uh, he would have the best read on. So that's why I'm, I'm trusting his judgment on that one.
1: Great point by Sean. This staff has eight title rings. The previous staff had zero. I guess Kale Gundy would have had one on the previous staff. But he maybe he's talking about guys that have uh, come in versus guys that have left.
0: Yeah. Gundy had one. um Oh, and the turnip seed. Thank you, text line. Yes, I didn't even
1: mention the turnip seed and how big time that is. He's going to transform OU's facilities. Let's go.
0: Yes, but turnip seed is not on the, quote, coaching staff.
1: Oh, I'm counting him
0: and all all
1: the analysts that they brought in. Right. Um. If nothing else, Teddy, it's a better staff because they've got more people now. Right. Strength, in, strength in numbers. I, I believe that the staff as it is is better than the previous one. Again, eight eight rings versus zero rings right there. Just use that comparison. But they, there's more bodies now, more people available.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, I agree. And I'm, I'm interested to see – and it's going to be tough because we're not going to really see or hear much football stuff until spring ball gets rolling – um, we're going to be grading these coaches on my, what the transfer portal says and what the recruiting says. And, you know, that's that's only a, a very limited piece of the action. I, I think being a great recruiter is it's a big deal. There's no doubt about it. But I think the development aspect of it is going to be the biggest.
1: Purdy is also visiting today. What's your thoughts? Someone text that on the Air Cover Solutions text line, 651-3439. Uh, honestly, like, I, cool with it. I It feels like he is destined to be a backup quarterback as long as he's here. So, uh, sure, Chubba Purdy comes along. Now, I and Parker and I were kind of theorizing about this today is I don't know if OU would bring in both Chubba Purdy and Jackson Darts. So, if you see Chuba Purdy commit to OU, maybe that's not the best sign for Jackson Darts. Right. You know? Yeah. And, obviously, you'd rather have Jackson Dart in that situation.
0: Right. And here's the thing, man. And this is probably bad of me. But I, it's hard for me to separate the Purdy kid from his brother. It's just natural for me to make that connection. I, I shouldn't. I understand that, but I do. And it's left me a little bit kind of. I know. Yeah. Well,
1: that's that's what every, everyone else's reaction was. It's like, oh, God, a Purdy coming to OU. Yeah. Like, whether he plays or not, you, you worry that uh, the turnover gene will somehow rub off on Dylan Gabriel and Jackson Dart. Just being in the same vicinity as him.
0: Right. And I don't know, was he a super highly recruited kid?
1: I don't believe so.
0: Because I don't remember. He was a, he's a four-star kid out of Arizona. 6'2", 215. Not bad. 7th-ranked quarterback. 192 overall in the uh, 2020 class, according to 247 Sports. So, a pretty highly recruited kid, um, but... I don't know. I'm just – I'm a little weary. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe I shouldn't I shouldn't be. But pedigree matters, man.
1: Let's just hope during the spring game if Chubba Purdy comes here, he doesn't uh, cause like two of the most god-awful turnovers that we've ever seen here before, you know? If – Then everyone will really be like, oh, God, you got to get him out of here.
0: If I know anything about the number two spot in the spring game here is he's going to create two of the craziest – Best looking touchdowns we've ever seen. We'll have
1: a real conversation uh, I, heading into the offseason. Do we got
0: to start talking about a real quarterback controversy here?
1: I just can't get over um, the turnover that Brock Purdy had in the Chiefs at bowl this year. I mean, for a guy that is notorious for—I mean, really the incredible when it comes. Like, honestly, you have to tip your cap to be like, dang, I, I didn't even know turnovers like this were possible. And maybe Chiba Purdy will be the same way. And if he is you'll at least have to appreciate if he has similar turnovers than his brother. I mean, come on, man. Throwing it, it gets bad at the line of scrimmage. You try to volleyball spike it, and another guy catches it and runs in for a touchdown. When, when's the when's the last time you saw something like that? If
0: well, nothing
1: else, it'll be entertaining.
0: Uh, the last time I saw something uh, pretty crazy turnover-wise from Brock Purdy was at the OU game um, whenever he got a – uh, a turnover in a horrible time for them. Thick six. And probably the worst turnover I've ever seen in my life was at TCU last season. So, the grenade launch.
1: That's a fun conversation. What is actually the worst OU turnover that you've ever seen? Trevor Knight's pick six against Kansas State at home?
0: Yeah. That's, that one's
1: hard to top, isn't it? Yeah. That one's like that, like right there on the shadow of your own uh, goal line or whatever, and then the, I, the pick six. That was bad. He
0: took the snap, looked to his left, and everyone in the entire stadium, before he even pulled the arm back to throw, said, No! Interception <laughs> the other way for a score.
1: All right, text line. See if you can come up with the worst turnover than that. Challenge you. Six five one
0: thirty four thirty nine. Send it to us. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty pretty brutal. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned.
1: It is the rush on the ref. We call this segment "What caught Teddy's, uh, Teddy's eye." Let's get to it. Story number one is
0: first of all, uh, shout out to our buddies over at Roof Tech, Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine. Been doing it for a long time. Tons of experience over there. They can handle all of your roofing needs, uh, repairs, replacement. Give the guys at Roof Tech a call. Um, I I thought this was interesting. Eric Weddle uh, comes out of retirement. He's going to play for the Rams in the playoffs, which you know, hasn't played a game since 2019. Not sure what type of shape he's in, but that's like the dream. Catch on late in the playoffs and have a chance to go win a Super Bowl, Even right?
1: Gronk is like, dang, that sounds like an awesome deal. Now,
0: here's the problem. In the NFL, everyone gets paid for the, the same for playoffs, right? A lot of the big paid players take a a massive pay cut on how much you get paid. So, I if he was to... Play in one game, they lose, and he has a targeting penalty and gets fined. No way. He could end up losing money playing in a playoff game. So. Well, there's one thing I, I want my team to win, sure, but
1: uh, I'm going to be real careful about that. I'm not trying to lose any cash.
0: I wouldn't look for Weddle to be really aggressive Jeez. on the back end.
1: I mean, the Rams really are going all in, uh, bringing out retired players for a uh, playoff push. Dang, they're going, they're going for it all.
0: No doubt, Geno Smith has been cited for a DUI out in Seattle after the final game of the season. And ah, there's some video coming out where he is not being very uh, nice to the to the officers, and even claims that one of the officers has a a uh, a a small something, you know. Small what? Uh, mm. body part. Mm. We'll move on, Gino. It could, okay. could get could uh, get uh could get bad for him on that thing. Marshawn Lynch. In the studio for Thursday Night Football with Amazon? What do you think about that? Um, I'm
1: actually really on board with this. He has a unique personality. I'm sure Skittles is going to be a massive sponsor to this. He's uh, he's funny, man. And, and I know that, or for people that don't, you had a little bit of an interesting relationship with him back in Buffalo.
0: Amazing guy. Loved him. Uh, yeah, he was in Buffalo when I was, and... I knew from the first time I saw this guy carry a football in practice that he was different. and He is. Uh, super tough, was a, was a really, really good teammate. Uh, liked him a lot. I'll just tell them, get ready. And I know it's on Amazon so, in streaming, so I don't know like what rules necessarily they're going to follow, but get that dump button ready. <laughs> right? Um, I thought this was interesting. A choir teacher in South Dakota, is in trouble. His mom, who lives at a senior living facility there, took some brownies that he had recently made, took them to her senior living facility, and uh, shared them with some of the other residents when they were playing cards. Turns out that Michael Coranda, 46, choir teacher in South Dakota, made a batch of... uh, Nice! Special uh, brownies, let's go. Of weed brownies, and... It did a number on the residents there at the Senior Hall, and um, they started looking for, uh, for what went down, found the weed... He's in trouble now. How about that? What do you think the uh, the senior living facility looked like that night?
1: Oh, dude, I bet they were partying. Woodstock? They were up till like 8.30 that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty exactly. funny. I bet there was some Jimi Hendrix being played throughout the thing. Uh, I bet it was a good time.
0: Good stuff. I thought that was hilarious.
1: Uh, I got a couple for you. First, I'm, I'm sure you've heard about this one. The family of a four-year-old boy battling leukemia is facing eviction from the Ronald McDonald House of British Columbia, because his parents are not vaccinated, I guess there's a rule that if you're going to stay at the Ronald McDonald house in British Columbia, uh if you're over the age of five, then whoever you're in contact with has to be vaccinated. In this case, his parents aren't, so they are um they are facing eviction. That's a tough ordeal there
0: yeah, there you go uh just just brutal it's um it's really something to behold watching this play out, not just across the country, but across the world. Um, The separation of people based off of uh, some type of status one way or the other, and uh, this typically doesn't end well.
1: OSSA Executive Director David Jackson, he said today that a survey was sent out to member schools About a 35-second shot clock coming to Oklahoma high school basketball. I guess a majority of member schools were not in favor of adding a shot clock. I know Cameron Jordan of the Oklahoman says that's opposite of what I hear on a daily basis. So that is interesting. That it is uh, long. Man, even when I was in high school, been a topic of conversation. Should they add a shot clock to high school basketball? There's been a little pushback. Some schools say they couldn't afford a shot clock on both sides. But I- I'm going to guess at some point that makes its way into Oklahoma high school basketball, even with this report today.
0: Uh, maybe a shot clock is, is expensive. I, I know that it's probably definitely not cheap, but... Um, you don't necessarily have to have a shot clock, right? Can't the refs keep it on the floor? Because I mean, that has to happen could, whenever you have malfunctions. Yeah,
1: I mean, you could do something with a something on a scores table. Um, it's it wouldn't be ideal, but to your point, yes, I'm sure that there are cost effective ways to having a 35, 40 second, whatever they want, shot clock, because that is a a complaint that teams get to the state tournament, especially. In you know class A, class B, two A, right. and they just hold the ball out there for the entire time, and it's you know it's a terrible terrible product.
0: They don't need to ask anyone; they just need to change it. Like don't even give them the option. Like here's the new rule in high school basketball in Oklahoma. This isn't a we're not going to vote on this. This is just the new rule. So they need to take it out of their hands and just change it for them. If that's what you're hearing from everyone, then just change it.
1: Yeah, uh, last one that I have, and I think that this is the case for Norman Public Schools now, but OKCPS, virtual for the rest of the week. So, thought it was going to happen. Here we go. They they plan to be back, I think, in the classroom early next week, Monday's uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. But we'll see if this is just a short-term thing or if kids are going to be back virtual for the next couple weeks.
0: Uh, I think it's going to be just a short-term thing. You know, we've had this massive spike, and... I, I don't think – this is not one of those situations where, like, there's there's this big outpouring of we need to be virtual and there's this big fight going on. It just so happens that so many people have come down with COVID during this little run-up that they don't have the teachers to be able yeah. to do it. So Bus
1: drivers probably yeah, don't everyone. have access Kids, to that. Yeah. Like,
0: there's, there's so many people that have tested positive – recently that it's just kind of what you have to deal with, but um, from everything that we've seen from other countries that have gone through the Omicron situation, big spike up, and just as quick, spike right back down. And <laughs> it that's does seem like everyone to. has it
1: right now. Oh, you yeah. know? I, I don't remember a, a, another time throughout all this where it was like, dang, it seems like everyone's got this and, thing.
0: And there's there's going to be seasonality to this thing because it's almost an exact year from the spike last year. Now, obviously, more people are getting it, but... It's there's gonna be seasonality to it, but I it's gonna be over pretty quickly. I hope. I Quick time that. out, more from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next.
1: It is the Rush on the Ref. We are the homeless suitor fans. Hour number two of the Rush brought to you by Cavens Construction Group. They are specializing in facilities maintenance and residential roofing. Tulsa, they're here to serve you as well. Cavens Construction Group, 405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048 or check them out, CavensConstruction.com. Uh, here's a question for you. In terms of, like all-time best feelings that are out there that you can encounter on a daily basis? Yeah? Where does first beer on a vacation rank? Because I, I think it ranks pretty high. First vacation beer, as soon as, like, and I have a tradition of right when we get somewhere... Me and my wife immediately like get something. Find the it, find the bar. Teddy, yeah. it, that's one of the best feelings that I think a man can experience. Because you
0: can't truly relax until you hear that familiar crack of the lid, <sighs> right? Yes. Like you're traveling, there's stress to getting checked in and just getting everything in order before you can finally relax and cracking that first beer is. It's pretty it, magical, it's, man. It's a th- sign to your body to just release the tension. Uh huh. Yeah, especially That's after awesome.
1: a nine-hour drive like I'm going to have tomorrow. But 24 hours away from my first vacation beer, which I'm sure it'll be a Pacifica. Yeah. I'm ready.
0: Yeah, make sure you wait until you're fully there and in the hotel or wherever before you crack that first one. That is awesome, though. That's going to be fun. It's got good football over the weekend as well. And I can,
1: I can uh, legally bet out there in the state of Colorado while I'm watching it. It's going to be great.
0: Got to yeah, be great.
1: That... Best trip ever.
0: That will be good. I may have to send you some cash to put on uh, the New England Patriots. Oh,
1: God. No, I will, I will not accept your cash if, if you do that. No, per- thank you.
0: I asked Perry Spencer, the sales guy, earlier who's going to win the Super Bowl, and he was frustrated. He's, oh, gosh, I don't know. And then he said, the Chiefs. Why is everyone's default answer always the Chiefs? I don't understand it
1: they got to play one extra game. They won't even have home field advantage when they play the Tennessee Titans.
0: I don't get it. it's ah, frustrating to me. Uh,
1: by the way, the Air Cover Solutions text line, they're like, okay, this is stupid. High school needs a shot clock. <laughs> People are now texting us prices of shot clocks. $589 for a pair of them and a controller. Uh, coaches are in favor of it. Administration is not. Kendall says no one wants to watch stall ball. Uh, remember, there are way more small schools than large. So in a survey, most of those small schools are going to say no on a shot clock. They don't want to spend the money. And many of the winning programs play a slowdown, stall ball, IBA era type of basketball. I hate it, but it's a reality.
0: It's a reality, but back to what I said. Don't ask them if they want to change the rule. Just change it. Just change the rule. All right, quick timeout, final hour of The Rush coming up next. Stay tuned.